Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rockies-centric podcast powered by Mile High Sports. I am your host, Anilo Piro, one half of the crew that makes up our Rockies team over at Mile High Sports. My partner, Luke Zalman, just getting back from a trip down in Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, hopefully, he had a good time down there. So for now, you're going to be stuck with me over these, uh, over the microphone, over the podcasting world. Um, you know, going to try to do the best I can, give you uh, the up-to-date information regarding your Colorado Rockies on this latest. 20th and Blake podcast. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, also at MileHighSports.com and on Spreaker. Uh, we really appreciate when you guys go like, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff uh, to kind of help boost the platform and all that. Um, we really, really do appreciate it. And we welcome all feedback. You know, if you find yourself to be a consistent listener of this podcast and, and you have some questions you want to throw in, shoot me a DM. If there's something that you have an issue with, shoot me a DM. You know, we're always looking for feedback. We want to know how you, the fans, are enjoying, um, you know, this podcast and the services that we're putting out on Mile High Sports. Sports.com for your Colorado Rockies. But uh, I'm coming to you on the heels of a Sunday afternoon loss in Atlanta. The Rockies fall today to the Braves 8-7 to um, in the final game of that three-game set. So unable to finish that series up with a sweep. Rockies had initially won the first two games, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. Um, but yeah, an 8-7 to loss this afternoon versus the Atlanta Braves. Uh, a disheartening one, nonetheless, given that the Rockies did have a 7-5 to lead entering the eighth inning. And relief pitcher Sung-Hwan Oh was just unable to hang on and lock things down for the Rockies um, late there. So they end up losing that game. It wasn't just O's fault. I mean, starting pitcher Tyler Anderson was not good as well. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely get into Anderson's struggles, O's struggles here um, later on in the podcast. But real quick, let, let's start off. Um, I got to do the social media plugs. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Media by AP. Also on Instagram at AVP.media. Really appreciate you guys giving me a follow if you're a supporter of my work. Um, if you like my work and whatnot, uh, always do my best to interact with you guys, um, you know, regarding any questions about the team, you know, just if you want to chat baseball as well. So be sure to hit me up on Twitter at AVP or at Media by AP, excuse me, and on Instagram at AVP.media. But let's get into this Rockies club. Like I said, an 87 loss this afternoon versus the Atlanta Braves. And, and let's start with Tyler Anderson. Um, just, just really not good today. Finishes with a line of 4.2 innings pitched, allowing five runs on four hits, striking out nine batters, but also walking four. Um, you know, Ozzie Albies in the first at-bat of the game, on the second pitch Anderson threw, wound up taking him out of the ballpark, you know, establishing a really easy early one nothing lead for the Braves. Uh, first inning was just absolutely detrimental for Anderson. He, he gave up that home run at Albies and then walks Josh Donaldson and then proceeds to give up a two-run shot to Freddie Freeman. So, I mean, behind you know from the jump, essentially, the Rockies were behind the eight ball. I mean, obviously they had their opportunities in the top half of the first, but the second the Atlanta Braves had the opportunity to strike blood, they did, and they really took advantage of, a, of Anderson, who has just been absolutely dismal on the mound so far this season. Not a lot of positives coming from him. Uh, it's just... It, it's really unfortunate, like I said, because of how dominant he was in spurts last season and really in his entire Rockies career. Um, if you guys remember and you look back to that NLDS Game 2, I believe it was, in Milwaukee, he went out there and dealt. I mean, he was light out on the mound for the Rockies that day. Uh, you know, although the Rockies did lose that game, it wasn't because of him. It was certainly because of their hitting at the time, which was just non-existent. Um, but Anderson did go out that day and put forth a solid start. And, you know, the Rockies were hoping that the Anderson that they saw at the end of last season was going to be the guy, you know, that would enter this season, and that just has not been the case. Uh, made a handful of starts so far this season, and really just nothing positive for the most part. I mean, he's given up at least five runs in every single one of his starts. I believe he's yet to pitch past, past five innings as well. Yeah, that's what I have down here in my notes. Um, so yeah, he is yet to pitch past, piss, 
piss, pitch, pitch, not urinate. He is yet to pitch past five innings. Um, and, and he's like I said, he's given up at least five runs in every single start so far this season. So just really, really disheartening stuff from Tyler Anderson so far on the mound. Um, and, and you know he he's already dealt with the injured list already once this season. He was on the injured list earlier for inflammation in his knee, um, which is kind of something uh, a reoccurring problem that has been you know happening to him throughout his entire career. And, and you know he's 29 years old, and that's really the intriguing. It's really just interesting because he's 29 years old. He has been dominant in spurts. He is you know he's a reliable guy at times, and he's a lefty, the lone lefty in the Rockies rotation. So. That definitely adds a little bit of value because knowing Bud Black, he likes to you know spice things up. And what good manager would want to have five righties or five lefties in a starting rotation? You know, probably none. And you like to have the lefty and Anderson as a starter just to kind of provide some balance. You know, to try to stabilize that rotation a little bit. And, and he has just been unable to just establish any form of consistency on the mound. Um, just just looks off. And you know, I, I kind of talked about it earlier here. He had nine strikeouts in his start today, which is definitely a positive sign. I, I mean, you know, anytime you have more than five or six that's definitely uh, you know two thumbs up and the nine strikeouts like I said a big big step in the right direction for him and he really wasn't all that bad outside of just making a few bad pitches I mean you know the home run to Albies in the first inning just hung it over the middle of the plate and you know a lot of these pitches he's just missing his spots not getting a lot of move on his pitches and they're hanging middle in middle middle away you know right here in the sweet spot of these hitters and and they're taking advantage and I'm sure there's a scouting report that is out there talking about how yes he is going to miss pitches every now and again and, and it's going to be somewhat consistent and in terms of the opportunities that you're going to have to do damage against him. And, and, you know, Rockies, or not Rockies hitters, but hitters, you know, opposing hitters, have done a fantastic job of jumping on Anderson and making him pay, you know, from the get-go. So it is still early. You know, we're not even here at May 1st. It's April 28th. So you can pump the brakes a little bit on the Anderson stuff. You know, hopefully he's able to figure it out. But I don't know what the threshold is for him moving forward. You know, do you give it, I would assume they're going to give him at least one more start. But, you know, you can't afford to give this guy five, six, seven more starts if he's going to continue to perform like this I mean like I I kind of said earlier you put yourself behind the eight ball when you know Anderson has an outing like that so really just not good stuff from him so far which has got to be disheartening for the Rockies you know considering that if they had a good start today they probably walk out victorious you know and and if Sung Won Oh is able to lock down that eighth inning they they probably walk out victorious so it's the little things you know this team has certainly turned things around offensively as of late on the mound, things have been a little bit of a struggle. I know Mike Dunn has been up and down as well. John Gray got rocked in his last start. Senzatella was good, but not great. So, you know, the starting rotation, which was really fantastic outside of Anderson to start the season, has started to kind of fall back here a little bit, um, you know, and hopefully they'll pick it back up. But, you know, things are just not firing on all cylinders for the Rockies. You know, lately the offense has been able to overcompensate for some of their struggles. Um, you know, you saw that Saturday night when they were able to rally there late in the ninth to, you know, solidify that victory against Atlanta and kind of bail out a bad performance from Gray. Um, so, you know, you hope that these Rocky starters get back on track. I'm confident that John Gray will. You know, he's been really solid for a majority of the season. Um, you know, his start last night was probably definitely the worst of the season so far. Um, you know, you got Kyle Freeland coming back tomorrow, which we'll talk about later. Marquez doing his thing so you know you hope that this starting rotation and this you know relief corps as well are able to figure things out um real quick on Sung Juan oh he just he didn't have it today I mean you know that's really the easiest way to put it he he was able to record the first out and then you know let a couple base runners get on and then eventually let the the go-ahead run come to the plate and then groove the ball high and outside you know which actually would have been called for a ball interestingly enough to uh, Josh Donaldson which he just rocketed 
out of the ballpark uh, to right field over the fence over there. So, um, you know, every dog has his day per se. You know, the Rockies were on a hot streak there. I believe that was, what, a four-game winning streak that they were riding entering that game. Um, so, you know, all good things must come to an end, and, and that's what happened here Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, disappointing. You, you, you have the opportunity to sweep a road series, which is obviously you know, a major positive, but at the end of the day, you know, you take two of three against a team that made the play or that was vying for the playoffs. No, they did win the division. The Phillies are the team that were vying for the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, but you take two out of three against a team that was in the postseason last year and, and was the division winner in the National League East, so you got to feel good about that. Um, and, and, you know, like I was talking about, the offense has certainly hit their stride. You know, Ian Desmond, Daniel Murphy, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Dahl, all these guys have been doing a better job of taking quote-unquote quality at bats, which is something that they were preaching during their losing streak to start the season. So we'll have to see what's happening moving forward. Um, They do head to Milwaukee now for a four-game set um, against the Brewers, the team that eliminated them from the postseason last year, so that should be fun. And the Brewers are, I believe, only a game over 500 as of the time I'm recording this podcast, so they're off to a little bit of a slow and sluggish start. So two teams that are, you know, hovering right around 500, the Rockies a game under, um, it's going to be real, or the Rockies two games under now, excuse me. Um, going to be a good series in Milwaukee, another good test for the Rockies on the road, um, to see where they stand so far this season. Um, let, let's talk about some positive stuff because although that the Rockies did lose this Sunday afternoon, there honestly was a lot of positive that came out of it. Um, I believe the Rockies were down what three or four times, you know, Anderson just unable to hold the lead and, and they came back. Let, let's start with Daniel Murphy here. Murphy is a guy that the Rockies signed in the offseason to do two year deal, um, played two games, ended up on the injured list after breaking a finger and now he's come back strong and really strong at that the Rockies are averaging 8.3 runs per game in which they uh, in this recent um, stretch of winning here since Murphy's come back against Washington that's a significant increase from wherever they were earlier this season um, I, I I've talked about this on Twitter and I'm planning on writing an article on this once they come back so I could talk to Murph and Bud Black but Daniel Murphy is the perfect stabilizer in the middle of that Rockies lineup. I mean, you have they're pretty power heavy with Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado kind of as their main run producers, and kind of in throwing Murphy right in the middle of those two helps provide some balance. And, you know, Murphy, not to say that he, he's not a power hitter. You know, he has gap to gap power, but he's not going to hit 30, 40 home runs out of the ballpark. You know, he'll probably hit a dozen, two dozen. Um, you know, and he'll get his per se, but he's more so known for lengthening at bats, taking walks, not striking out and putting the ball in play, you know, which is something that I think, um, you know, Story and Arenado can struggle with at times, you know, being that they are still maturing as players, more so Story than Arenado. Arenado does a good job of that. Um, but Murphy is just this this complimentary veteran to the to the glut of the Rockies lineup. He's done a really solid job since returning. He, he hit, he's hit home runs now in back to back games, uh, and the Rockies have lost just one game in which he's played in, which was today's game and uh, you know Sunday against the Braves. So he, obviously his impact has been felt through the you know opening month of the season. We, we saw how lost that offense was without him in there for that you know week and a half period when he was on the injured list. Um, really, since he's been reinserted into the lineup, the lineup looks to be invigorated it's excited they're confident you know the Rockies are just swinging the bat a lot better now that Murphy's there um and I do think you know while Blackman has snapped out of a a, a slump and Story's been improving and all these guys have been you know maturing naturally I do think the you know Daniel Murphy's bat and the balance that it provides being that he is such a complimentary bat to the other guys has really helped this offense blossom into what we've seen over the past few games so um you know they score seven runs today unable to come out with the victory but like 
like I said, averaging 8.3 runs per game um, since Murphy's return from the Angeles. So that's obviously a big thing. Um, moving along here, let's talk about Ian Desmond. You know, everyone loves to hound Ian Desmond. Listen, there's no way around it. This contract so far, which at the time was the largest free agent contract signing in Rockies history, has not played out well for the Rockies. I mean, he has not been good. Part of that was because of the first base experiment and whatnot. Um, you know, now entering year three, uh, Rockies fans and the club themselves are hoping that there's a little bit more consistency, uh, you know, increased production from Desmond. And we've seen that here lately. Um, let's talk about his defense first. I know he didn't make any plays defensively that were, you know, sterling today, but he's made a couple nice plays up against the warning track, going to grab a ball in the first game of that series that could have gone out. So in center field, he seems to be playing, you know, pretty, he's playing a pretty strong center field, which is a good thing for the Rockies, you know, no more of a, a defensive liability like he was at first base at times, so he, he's comfortable and he's consistent in center field, and I think that's maybe helped him, you know, settle into the dish a little bit here. Um, he had a home run today and a double that was about three feet away from also being a home run, so he's seen the ball well, he's doing a better job of cutting down on the strikeouts and putting the ball in play, and not just putting it in play, but getting it elevated. Um, you know, he has one of the highest ground ball hit percentages in baseball over the past couple of seasons. So getting the ball elevated to drive in runs, whether that be via a base hit or even a sacrifice fly, is really a a critical component of Desmond's game moving forward. So he's done a much better job with that, and he's hit safely in six of his last seven starts. Um, and he, and he owns a uh, 333 batting average in that span, hitting nine for 27. So, you know, he's hitting above 300 recently in his starts, which is definitely a positive. And, and he's done a, uh, he's really improved at getting on base and, and just really becoming more effective in the middle of that Rockies lineup. You know, you know there was a really, there was a time where, and, and you know, this, this still could be the case, you know, a couple weeks from now, but where when Desmond would come up, it was an automatic out, whether that be a strikeout, inning, inning, double play. You know, it was frustrating to see Ian Desmond take the bat uh, and step up to the plate and really just fail over and over and over again. Recently, it has not been the case. Like I said, hitting three for hitting three thirty three in six of his last seven starts with a recording base hits in those starts as well. So really um, some signs of encouragement from Ian Desmond. You know, the big thing is, will this hold up over the long haul? If it does, that will significantly improve the Rockies' Um, starting lineup on a day-to-day basis so and there's definitely a little bit of pressure on Desmond you know Rommel Tapia kind of stole some playing time from there from him for a minute he uh, had three consecutive games with a home run and then a big base knock to drive in a bunch of runs in that last homestand and, and Tapia is out of options so the Rockies are really trying to gauge what they have with him you know is Tapia going to be a, a everyday starter for the foreseeable future or is he going to be a bench player you know so uh, Desmond has a little bit of competition for playing time it seems like the Rockies are probably going to ride the hot hand that's why you saw Tapia get a handful of starts there um, a couple days ago, but now Desmond's back in there. So whichever one's performing, Desmond or Tapia is the one's probably going to get more playing time. So it's definitely not a platoon. You know, Desmond, you know, for the most part, from what we've seen so far this season, is going to get a majority of the starts. But if Tapia continues to impress and Desmond struggles, you know, you can see, you know, maybe that platoon develop with those two out there in the outfield. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Um it, it was the day of the hitting streak, you know, Sunday it was. Uh, Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story both extending their hitting streets, streaks. Excuse me. Um, Story today extending his to 16 games, 16 consecutive games with a hit. That is the longest active streak in Major League Baseball and the longest active streak, or the longest streak in Story's young career. So he's really been seeing the ball well. Um, he, he recorded that 16th hit today, or the, the hit 
to continue the streak alive um, via a ground rule double, and that double was good for the 100th career double in Trevor Story's career as well. So, um, couple, you know, he extends the streak and also accomplishes a milestone. So, Trevor Story, he has been the Rockies' most effective hitter so far this season. Done a really, really good job of just cutting down on the strikeouts, seeing the ball better, working deep into deeper into at bats. Um, and because of that, you know, you've seen him hit a lot of home runs and also hit some doubles and steal some bases. So uh, uh, really, Trevor's story this season looks matured, you know, probably the most matured of any of the players. Um, you know, he was really good last year as an all-star. And now this year, I think you're seeing him, you know, try to take his game to the next level, at least through the first month of the season. So really, really good stuff from Trevor Story, who currently owns the longest active hitting streak in baseball at 16 games. Moving along, here, Charlie Blackman, a guy that was just awful to start the season. Blackman hit 219 through the club's first team seven through the club's first 17 games, excuse me, and has really turned things on as of late. Extended to hit his current hitting streak to 11 consecutive games, which is a major positive. And he's hitting 367, 18 for 49, with four doubles, two triples, three home runs, and 10 RBI over that stretch. So really, really. Um, improved play from Chuck, which is a great thing to see, um, after, especially after last season, which was a good year from him, but not, you know, what Rockies fans were accustomed to, you know, following the two previous seasons ahead of 2018. So looks like he's, you know, coming into his own so far in 2019, bouncing back to becoming the Charlie Blackman that Rockies fans know and love. He's really been seeing the ball well lately. Um, so definitely a positive there for the Rockies. Like I said, th- this lineup overall has just been doing a fantastic job of getting hits, stringing hits together. Um, you know, not just relying on the home run, you know, getting a, getting the leadoff guy on, whether that be via a single, a double, or a walk, and, you know, advancing him and driving him in via sacrifice flyer, a base hit, um, really just getting contributions all over the lineup. Uh, so, yeah, like just to recap here, Daniel Murphy, Desmond, uh, Charlie Blackman, and Trevor Story all really kicking things into gear. Nolan Arenado had a streak entering today of five consecutive road games with a home run that ended today. He went, I believe, either 0 for 4 or 0 for 5. And that loss against Atlanta, he also had a key at bat there in the ninth inning with two runners on, and he was unable to come through for the Rockies. So, um, you know, Nolan being Nolan, it's gonna ha- bad games are gonna happen. He'll he'll snap back right to his winning ways and his productive self. So, no signs of concern there. But definitely, you know, although the Rockies did lose today, like I said, some major major positives from coming from their lineup with guys like Daniel Murphy, Desmond Blackman, all those guys um, kicking things into gear, which is a major positive for this club moving forward. Uh, you know, I, I I talked about it with Murphy. There averaging 8.3 runs per game since his return. That's what we're accustomed to. You know, this is now, I believe, what, the fourth game in a row in which the Rockies fans are going to be have the opportunity to go to their local Taco Bell and get tacos because the Rockies scored seven or more runs. Um, so as long as the starting pitching can come back and regain its strength, you know, Gray, Marquez, who's been dealing with a tooth issue, and Freeland, who's going to come off the IL tomorrow, um, you know, this club is in a really, really good spot. They're a dangerous team right now. And, and you know, like I said, as long as the pitching is marginal, you know, marginable and does a good job of keeping this team in ball games, their offense is good enough to carry them to victories, you know. And we saw that in Saturday against Atlanta, and they almost did that here Sunday against Atlanta as well. So um, definitely some interesting trends to keep an eye on as we move forward. Um, I kind of talked about it as well. Kyle Freeland will be returning from the 10-day injured list tomorrow uh, to start against the Milwaukee Brewers. So he only missed one start due to that blister on his middle finger. And that blister, you know, it's just one of those pesky injuries. He's dealt with it before. Um, just inhibited his ability to grip the ball the right way and get the right feel for his pitches on the mound. So, um, it, it you know, 
know, all signs are good. It seems like the blister subsided and skin's overgrown it and that he's going to get back to, you know, hopefully being the Kyle Freeland that, you know, placed fourth in the Cy Young voting last year in the National League. You know, that would be a big, big thing for the Rockies. So um, definitely something to keep an eye on. So Freeland's going to get the nod in game one against Milwaukee and followed by the second ace, quote-unquote ace. They're not aces in, in Major League Baseball, but of the Rockies staff, they are aces. Um, Freeland game one, Herman Marquez game two, followed by um, Antonio Senzatella game three, and John Gray in game four. Really interested to see what those two guys at the back end of that series are going to do. Senzatella has a really, really good opportunity right now to solidify himself as one of the five everyday start, you know, every fifth day starters for the Rockies. Um, bounced around in the bull in, in a bullpen role a little bit last year, but with Tyler Anderson's struggles and Chad Bettis's move to the bullpen in a long relief role, you know, the opportunity is really there for Antonio Sensatella to solidify himself as a starter for this team for the foreseeable future. So really interested to see what he's going to have to do or what he's going to bring to the mound um, against Milwaukee, as well as John Gray. You know, he, we've, I've talked about John Gray a lot. You know, a couple years ago was presumed to be, you know, the front man of this Rockies rotation and following a poor 2018, you know, had to kind of refine himself as a pitcher. And I'm going to have a really cool story going up on uh, about John Graham, MileHighSports.com once they come back, just talking about how he reinvented himself as a pitcher, you know, entering this season. Because so far through 2019, he's only had one awful start and that came against the Braves. Um, like I said, he only went 4.2 innings pitched, allowing eight hits, five runs and walking three batters. So, you know, not great from John, but for the most part, he's done a lot better uh, of being stronger mentally and physically on the mound and just understanding the game a lot more. And I think that's why you're going to see him, you know, continue to mature so far, um, you know, as 2019 continues to play out. So big series for the Rockies uh, coming up here against Milwaukee before they head home for a nice long homestand here in Denver where they'll try to, again, refine their footing and, you know, continue this 162-game trek that is a Major League Baseball season. So, um Ups and downs so far, so far for the Rockies, but overall they finished that series against Atlanta. Winners of two of three—that's really all you could ask. You know, if you win two of three on your road series, you know, throughout the entirety of the season, you're gonna make the playoffs and you're gonna make the postseason and you you're gonna be smooth sailing. Um, you know, at that. So they're, they're victorious in that series. Obviously, unfortunate that they that they could not solidify that third victory um, here this afternoon, but nonetheless, you'll take two out of three. Uh, now up and coming with a big test against the Milwaukee Brewers. You know. A team that knocked him out of the playoffs last year so really interested to see how this team continues to trend especially offensively you know they they're finally returning to form you know this Rockies lineup we didn't see a lot of this last year to be honest with you folks they were a resilient bunch last year and they really had timely hitting that kind of helped power them in some wins last year but you know that 2016 2017 offense where they were just murdering their opponents night in and night out you know putting up an eight ball a night, you know, that's about where we're at now, averaging 8.3 runs since Daniel Murphy's return per game, um, you know, this is what we're accustomed to, and Bud Black's talked about how even while they've been hitting here recently, he still doesn't think that they've, uh, you know, fully reached their potential or reached their ceiling per se, so really going to be interesting to see how this offense continues to perform, as well as the pitching staff, you know, this is a really, really talented team, and if they can figure out a way to be consistent both on the mound and in the batter's box, they could really contend for the division title this year. You know, the Dodgers have not run away with the division. It's very much a two-horse race to this point. You know, I think San Diego's going to drop off um, eventually. The Giants are just not too good, and, you know, and same with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, the, you know, there's a really good opportunity for this team should they continue to perform well um, on both sides of the field, you know, both offensively and um, on the mound with their pitchers. So, 
you know, this is a, it's very early. We're still not even in May yet, but we've seen, you know, the good and the bad. Now it's about finding that happy middle ground. Started the season absolutely pitiful, you know, down in the gutters, and now they're on their high horse despite a loss today, you know, winning a majority of their games. And I believe they've what, won now eight of their last 10 games, if I remember correctly. So um, really trending in the right direction. We'll see how this loss affects them in Milwaukee. You know, are they going to be able to shake it off like good teams do and get back to performing how they were in the previous two games against Atlanta, you know, now in Milwaukee? Or are they going to let this disheartening loss carry over? You know, it's a big four-game opportunity. You know, you don't want to see them get swept. You want to see them win maybe two of these games at least to split the series. Um, So it's going to be a good um, sign to see where this team's resiliency is at and where their mental tenacity is at as well. Um, coming off that disheartening loss, like I said this afternoon, eight to seven versus the Atlanta Braves. So lots of good, lots of good stuff in Rockies land. Some interesting negative trends to keep an eye on. Um, some moves that may be forthcoming. Uh, you know, Chris Iannetta is supposed to be coming off the injured list here soon enough as well. So they're going to get another um, normal starter back in that lineup, which will definitely help them. So um, yeah, guys, it's uh, it's an interesting trek to say the least. It is this baseball season. Uh, some highs, some lows, some peaks, some valleys with this Colorado Rockies club. But we'll see where they end up following this. Four game home following this four game road trip before coming back to Coors Field for a nice long home stand. Um, that's going to do it for me and the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast. Be sure to again follow me on Twitter at Media by AP, also on Instagram at AVP.media, on Twitter at Mile High Sports. Check out MileHighSports.com as well, guys. And I've, I've said this all the time. If you're more than just the casual Rockies fan, if you're a Nuggets fan, if you're a Broncos fan, a Buffs fan, a Rams fan, you know, the, the Rapids, all, all of these teams, the Avalanche as well, you're going to want to go to milehighsports.com. We are the number one all-purpose sports website in the state of Colorado and in the city of Denver. We do a fantastic job. I know a lot of you guys are Nuggets fans, and my man TJ McBride is over there locking things down on the Nuggets beat. The Avalanche beat has been locked down as well. Both of those teams advancing to the second round in their respective playoffs um, and, and their leagues and whatnot. It's really a great time to be a Colorado sports fan. You know, you have the Rockies that have made the postseason two years in a row, looking to make that a third. The Broncos just drafted Drew Locke, so a new quarterback in the building. There's a lot of interesting storylines, and I promise you, I assure you, we have all of this stuff covered online at mylifesports.com. Be sure to tune into the radio station as well, AM 1340, FM 1047, and pick up a copy of the magazine, My Life Sports Magazine, available at King Supers from Foco to Castle Rock, all across the front range. You're not going to regret it. It's a local version of Sports Illustrated with some really unique stories. So um, please, please, please check this stuff out. We put a lot of effort into this, a lot of time into this, and you know we want to keep you, the fan, informed, and, and, be not, and we want you to be knowledgeable about your local teams and take pride in your local teams, and that's what we try to provide for you guys over at my life sports on our online site on the radio station the magazine the podcasting realm you know the whole nine so be sure to check that stuff out um but yeah that's gonna do it for the latest installment of this 20th and blake podcast we'll be back in a couple of days until then stay up to date with everything on social media on twitter at media by ap instagram at avp.media and also just online on milehighsports.com that's gonna do it for me guys we'll talk to you later